Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Wissestop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, and that is my trailer park boy behind me, Zach. Say hello, Zach. Hi. That's my boy. You still gotta go meet the teachers tomorrow. Remember? Yes, I know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Gotta go meet the teachers tomorrow. Love you, Dad. Love you too, bud. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistlestop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. And I'm not at the Whistlestop Cafe, but I am in Mira, Alberta, in my backyard, as you can see. Well, I mean, you can see something, but what does that mean? Maybe it isn't my backyard. Maybe it just looks like my backyard, and I'm trying to convince you that it is my backyard. Who knows? You'll never know. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> it's been a pretty interesting week. Uh, and it's all due to the fact that Carrie and I are preparing for our second annual Bibles and Bulls Rodeo on September 8th, 9th, and 10th in Bashaw. If you haven't got your tickets yet, please get them, because we need the ticket sales to go up so that the money we've invested in this isn't such a frightening number. Anyhow, that's uh, part of why my week has been interesting. The other part is that I was recently acquitted of all of my charges relating to the Public Health Act of Alberta. Cool, right? We won, right? Kind of, but not really. Let me explain. So a couple months ago, um, a judge ruled that the CMOH orders were all illegal, ultra viris, because they were not enacted according to the legislation. And the beautiful part of legislation is that it's actually designed to protect us. Legislation is supposed to be made and acted to our benefit, to the people's benefit. So uh, in that legislation, it said that the CMOH, the Chief Medical Officer of Health, could do things, take certain powers, make rules, make law at her discretion or his discretion to deal with public health emergencies. It does not say that the government can make those decisions because they're not doctors, they're not physicians, and they have no business making physicians' decisions. That stuff should be between a patient and their doctor. Well, that was certainly bastardized over the last two, three years, wasn't it? Yeah, we saw ridiculous things. We saw the government actively interfering in the doctor-patient relationship, persecuting doctors who were uh, trying to do what was in the best interest of their patients, all sorts of horrible things. We've spoken with... Um, plenty of doctors who have, uh, you know, testified to this. Uh, Dr. Chan from Red Deer, Dr. William Mackis, Dr. Charles Hoff, uh, Stephen Maltos, Daniel Nagasi, Eric Payne, Paul Alexander, Roger Hodgkinson, Dennis Modry. The list goes on and on and on of doctors who have had the government trying to play doctor and persecuting them for trying to do their own job. Anyhow, I digress. So the government played doctor. Ah, no pun intended. And uh, it came out in court, and the court ruled that because they did that, uh, the, the orders were actually illegal because the decision-making was deferred to cabinet instead of the CMOH. So because of that, my charges resulting from allegedly contravening the Public Health Act of Alberta, and actually, you know what? I've never once um, disputed the fact that I protested government policy by doing such criminal things as pouring burgers and serving coffee. Serving burgers and pouring coffee. So my charges were all dropped. Big win. Uh, the courtroom erupted in hoop, hoots, hoots, whoop, whoop, and claps and stuff like that when the judge said that I was acquitted all my charges and I was free to go. But it felt like a loss to me 
kind of. Because even though I've been acquitted of my charges, uh, the constitutional question as to whether or not the government can do these things to us is still unanswered. Actually, it's kind of answered by Justice Barbara Romaine, who said that because 1% of people in Alberta could have died, uh, the government did the right thing, and so did the CMOH. It's just too bad they didn't do it lawfully. Um, where was I going with that? Anyway, that's why it felt like a loss. So there are some idiots on Facebook who are saying some completely asinine and stupid things about me, like usual. I mean, it's to be expected. They're idiots. What, what more could you expect? They're saying things like, oh, Chris, you didn't win. You didn't win. You were just acquitted of the charges. Okay. And they're actually, they're actually speaking about me and my opinion on this as if I plan to win in the first place. Does anyone realize that I never, ever thought I was going to win against these charges? Has anyone considered that? I didn't expect to win. I expected to be fined into oblivion and end up in jail. That's what I expected. That's not what I want, of course. But three, almost three years ago, I had to ask myself a question. Is what I'm about to do worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? I kind of did some research and I found out what happens to people when they stand up against the government and try and make changes, and it rarely ends well for them. They're almost always pummeled by the long arm of the law and bad uh, government policy and corrupt. Maybe not corrupt, but lackluster courts. They're usually annihilated because the, the separation of government that's supposed to protect us doesn't actually exist. So there's the big secret. I never, for a moment, thought that I would actually win. Now you might ask yourself, why would I continue to do this if I didn't think I was going to win? And the answer is because I think people needed to see that. I think people needed to see that a calm, reasonable man trying to operate his business and earn a living was annihilated by the government through policy that we allowed to become legislation. I mean, I suppose I knew there was a slight glimmer of hope and something might happen and I might be vindicated by the Constitution and my rights upheld, but I highly doubted it. So to those people who are saying, oh, you didn't win, you didn't win, I never, I never thought I was going to win in the first place. So when the judge acquitted me of these charges, it was actually a little bit deflating because I was completely prepared to die on the sword of my civil liberties. I was. I was completely prepared to lose my business and my home and end up in jail for taking a stand against bad government policy. And it's not like I didn't try and fight that or change it or shed light on it. I've traveled all across the country interviewing politicians and doctors and and you know scientists and all sorts of people who are on the side of reason and common sense where i stand in the midst of all this i've done my best to bring information to people to show them why they have to get involved uh, with the hopes that you know maybe if i end up in jail maybe at least people will be motivated enough to get involved in politics and make some changes to legislation so it doesn't have to happen again maybe i'll be in jail for 25 years like nelson mandela 
come out of jail and become the president of the new Alberta. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But I never once thought that I was actually going to win. Does that surprise you? Kind of surprises me too, because I'm not the kind of person to usually take those kind of risks and those types of chances. But anyway, there we go. One person uh, asked how this asshole, and that asshole is me, by the way. Yes, I am an asshole. I've never disputed that either. How does this asshole sleep at night after being acquitted from his charges, after swindling that much money out of people? And now to you, good sir, I would ask you, who swindled anyone out of anything? I've never once made uh, people believe anything other than exactly what I was going to do. I've done what I said I was going to do. People supported that, and they did that of their own free will. There are some now who don't support me anymore, and they say things like, I donated to you, and I wish I could take it back because you don't believe in chemtrails. Sorry, I don't believe in everything that everyone does. I would hope that with things like this, that we could set aside our differences and at least fight for the opportunity to be free and disagree on things in the future. That's the whole point. But that's kind of how this went. So, you know, if you ask how I sleep at night, I sleep very well. On piles of cash. Just kidding. I don't have any cash. Well, actually, I do have a little bit of cash. But I don't get to keep it because I have to do weird things like, you know, pay for a restaurant to operate and pay employees and those types of things. But again, I digress. So this fella asks how this asshole sleeps at night. I sleep very well, usually, for the most part. Although I don't sleep very much because I work like a ridiculous amount of hours. And the reason I sleep well is because I never strayed from what I set out to do. I mean, I kind of got sidetracked from time to time, but my eyes were, for the most part, on the prize and I've stayed true to that path. I didn't get distracted by pie-in-the-sky ideas and, and, and things, even though I wanted to believe them. For instance, I wanted to believe that I could walk in a courtroom and say specific words to a judge and have everything magically disappear. I want to believe that the system is fake so that I could expose that and get a bunch of people with me uh, to stand up for that and take everything down. I want to believe those things. They're very attractive and appealing to me. Because the system isn't perfect. It's not even really good. And I believe it needs some serious reform. But the reason I say those things are distractions is because pursuing those ideals or those goals doesn't bear any fruit. Serving notices of liability to everybody around you doesn't bear any fruit. The only thing it does is make you look like a crazy person. Sorry. If you find that offensive, I'm sorry if you've invested time in doing that. But at no time during the last three years has any of those things borne any fruit. Nobody has beat their charges with it. Nobody has changed the system. Nobody has made any advances with that stuff. It's all been an illusion. And the answer today is the same as it was three years ago. Stand up for yourself say no, and accept the consequences. And sometimes people have to see those consequences so that they want to get involved and have some reform. For instance, we are witness to four men in jail, 564 days, I believe now, with no trial, no bail, lives destroyed without ever being convicted of a crime. 
They're in remand. They're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And yet they've served 561 days of punishment, which for some of them is a lifetime. And everything they've worked for is gone. We're witnessing the results of a system where the lunatics run the asylum. We're witnessing the consequences to those who stand up for themselves. In just a few short days, my friends uh, Chris and Tamara are about to appear before an Ontario court to answer for their crime of traveling to our nation's capital to have a dialogue with the government. They're going to answer to the crime of protesting and standing up for themselves. They're going to answer to the crime of traveling across the country and giving millions of Canadians hope. And you might not believe me that that occurred, that millions of Canadians were given hope, but I can assure you that's the truth. I witnessed it firsthand. You know what it feels like to pull into a truck stop and, well, obviously a very recognizable big truck and have people running to you from the other side of the parking lot, tears streaming down their face and sharing a story with you about how you saved their life because they had no hope in people or humanity or the country, but then they saw you doing something. Do you know what that feels like? Chris and Tamara know how that feels. You know who doesn't know how that feels? Our Prime Minister, who refused to talk to them or any of the people that were in Ottawa trying to, um, trying to talk to the government? They don't know how that feels. I do. Chris Barber does. Tamara Leach does. Carrie does. Jessica does. We were all witness to that. Some of you out there watching, you were witness to that as well. And now... Tamara and Chris and others are facing consequences for doing that. Now you might say, oh, you all just did this for the money. You idiot. I was an oil field consultant before this, before I had a restaurant. If I was interested in money, I would be making it right now. I was billing out more in a month than some of you make in a year when I was on the rigs or when I was supervising rigs. The money was ridiculous. If I wanted that, I could have got it. And I can tell you right now, it'd be a lot more comfortable than working 18 hours a day in my restaurant and then spending the rest of my time doing things like this. It was a lot more comfortable earning that kind of money than it was for me volunteering my time with the Alberta Prosperity Project as the, as the CEO and leading, um, leading that organization in their pursuit of educating Albertans. You know, that's, that's a consequence. And actually, some of this is a consequence I didn't expect. I did not expect that when I stood up for myself and my restaurant, my family, that I would be shouldering the burden of all the stories that I heard as a result. You know, when people see something like this, when people are hopeless and helpless or feel helpless, and they see somebody that's getting attention uh, for doing the right thing and for standing up for themselves, they seek that person out. And believe me, over the last three years, I have heard thousands and thousands of stories from people like that. That's a consequence that I didn't expect. I didn't expect to shoulder that kind of burden. I didn't expect to... Actually, you know what? Sometimes I don't sleep good at night. And, and that's when I start thinking about some of the things that can never be fixed that happened over the last three years. And then that makes me think about all the things that happened over my lifetime that I don't know about or never cared about. That's a heavy burden. 
you know, there's, there's people out there that I always use this example because this one, it actually hurts me the most to think about this one. I thought about my, well, cause my mother's old. She's old. She's frail. She's weak. She's so old, so old. My mother, she's probably watching. Just kidding. She's not that old. She's only 23 years older than me, which makes her almost 70. Anyway, during the uh, first part of the pandemic, as I was following the rules and just kind of going along to getting along, I wondered what I would do if my mom ended up in the hospital and the government tried to tell me that I couldn't go see her. What if my mother was in the hospital and I knew she was going to pass away and the government told me that? Well, I told my mom, I told my mom flat out, if that happens, I'll be in jail and there will be some security guards with some bumps and bruises that probably will need some attention from the, from the hospital that they're, they're protecting. There's nobody is going to get between me and my mom. But imagine what that felt like. Imagine what it felt like for people to say goodbye to their mother over an iPad. I mean, you, you might not agree with my stance about with the restaurant and running a business and, and not having the government be able to do that to us. But at the very least, think about some of the really human aspects that were destroyed throughout this. You know, there, there was kids that didn't play with another child for the first couple of years of their life and maybe still don't. There were kids brought into this world and they never saw their mother's face without a mask on it. These are some really serious things that happen and they're, 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 they're terrible and you, we can't get that time back. We can't fix it. And yet, there's some dickheads who think that, you know, this is all about money and they just hate me because people helped me through this. You know, the funny thing, I got some flack from, from people and maybe a business owner or two from my little town here because of this. Oh, you know, how dare you do a GoFundMe and ask people to help you? And then I find out they did the exact same thing, just quietly. You know, how dare you uh, accept help from other people so that you can keep your business running? But they did the exact same thing. How dare you fundraise? Well, you know, they fundraised by helping themselves. I don't even know what to say about that stuff. I mean, I'm not sorry that I asked for help. I didn't want to, but it was necessary. And uh, I, I think the... If I had just asked for help and then dropped everything or maybe even accepted the plea deal that I was offered a few months ago, my lawyer said I was crazy for not taking a $2,300 plea deal. Plead guilty to one charge. 2300 bucks all goes away. Wow, that's a pretty attractive offer. And I didn't do it. You know why? Because I actually wanted something to change, and I still do. Thank goodness we have an opportunity to make some change this fall and going into the future. But there are a lot of things around us that are distractions, aren't going anywhere, and they're actually causing division. So this whole thing with people... You know, actually, there's a lot of people, even on my side, that are really, really mad at me because, for instance, I won't use the Bill of Rights to get my charges dropped. Well, guess what? That doesn't work. That doesn't work. There's lots of reasons why. Lots of reasons why. And I've gotten even 
transcripts sent to me from court cases claiming that someone won by doing that. And you know what it was? The charges were thrown out just like thousands of others across the country. Nothing to do with a legal argument, just, yeah, we're not going to bother prosecuting this kiddo. And then they claim that this is what it is. And then, you know, they, they claim that I'm some sort of a bad person, government plant, whatever, trying to steer people on the wrong path by doing this and that. No, I'm not. I'm just, I have my feet planted in reality. I'm not going to stare up at the sky and scream at every airplane that goes by saying they're evil pilots spraying us with something because I know that's not true. I don't say that things like that don't happen, but I'm certainly not going to follow every idiotic cry for attention that I see on the internet that's you know, ultimately misleading people, just not doing it. And if people don't like that, then I guess, you know, they have two choices, just accept it and find common ground with me and, and work towards a solution with me or just fuck off. One of the two. It's very simple. Sorry I use that strong language. That might offend some people as well, but you know what? I'm not a politician. I'm not perfect. I'm not always a gentleman. And sometimes I talk like that. So I guess you'll have to deal with that too. So if I had just folded and taken an easy path on any of this stuff, uh, I think people would have a, a, a legitimate complaint, but I, I didn't do that. I've done what I said I was going to do. I'm still trying to make changes. I'm still trying to do things. Um, I can see what we need to do, and I'm just going to keep doing it. And that in itself has consequences as well, because some folks are very good at convincing people to follow them on paths that lead nowhere and as they walk other people as they watch other people walking other paths um, you know it makes them angry because if I'm not doing it as well then well I must be a bad person right no I'm just walking my own path and it's mine to walk and if you don't like it you don't have to walk there you don't have to go with me I'm not even gonna say that I'll be successful I'm not even gonna say that the, the path that I'm taking is gonna accomplish anything but from what I can see it's the best shot we have, and uh, I'm just not going to let anything else distract me. Actually, you know what? Back to the notice of liability thing. I read something on Facebook today suggesting that when you take your children to school, you serve all the teachers and principal and stuff notices liability. To what end? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? They haven't done anything so far except for piss a bunch of people off. And if you want to actually change something or get something done, wouldn't it serve you better to use your time getting on a school board or a council or something like that? Why are we spending so much time handing out paperwork like that to people when it does absolutely nothing? Why, why spend that much time instead of doing something that can bear some fruit? Imagine if all the people that were following all this bad advice... It's, my dog's chasing a skunk, don't worry. Imagine if all these people that are following all this bad advice used their time and energy to do things like take over a school board and make sure that children weren't exposed to inappropriate things at school. That would make a real difference. A real difference. But unfortunately, there are some people watching right now or who are going to watch this replay, and all they're going to focus on is me saying that those papers don't work because they don't. And they're going to not even hear what I say about getting involved and changing things.
really changing things. We have an AGM coming up this fall. The government, the government that's in power right now in Alberta has an AGM coming up in which we can put forth some policy to protect us against these things from happening in the future. That's real change. It's tangible, it's plausible, and it's probable we could do that. And there are some people watching this who are going to say, I knew he was a UCP show. Idiots. I speak out against them all the time. I speak out against the Premier when she does things I don't like. I try and be understanding when things don't go my way, and it's a little easier because, you know, some of these things I can ask her about it. But I'm no shill, and if things don't change the way these leaders say they're, you know, they want them to change, then all my tune will, my tune will be different. But for now, we can actually do something. And that makes me happy. It gives me hope. It gives me hope when I hear politicians using our language. It gives me hope when I see small changes being made. Like, for instance, we just talked about this in a webinar. Um, one of the things I want to see in Alberta is a provincial, is Alberta Provincial Police Force. And that's been put on the back burner. That piss you off like it pissed me off? Probably because you didn't hear the rest of the story. Our government's actually incentivizing municipalities to, to have their own police forces. You know what that means? 90% of the work gets done behind the scenes, under the radar. And when Alberta's ready for their own provincial police force, there's hardly any RCMP to replace. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a place where we can take back some of our sovereignty in this province. If we had a police force that was accountable to their local communities, do you think they'd be chaining up businesses like mine? Probably not. Probably not. Oh, I see a question. Sharon says, I thought notices of liability were a form of accountability to cover unknown outcomes, a way to track and prove circumstances. No. You might think that, people might tell you that, but from what I've seen, you go into court with one of those, they crumple it up and throw it in the garbage because it means absolutely nothing. We already have legislation that uh, um, delegates liability and responsibility to certain people in certain situations that already exists. And you might be saying, well, it's just showing that you know what you're talking about and you're going to hold them accountable. No, it doesn't. It's showing that you believed something you saw on the internet and you handed someone a piece of paper that's going to do absolutely nothing. That's what it shows. It doesn't show any more, any less. If it makes you feel better, go ahead and do it. But, you know, I'm just... I'm just sick of these things. I'm sick of... I'm sick of being accosted because I won't buy into everything. You know, at one point I thought, hey, this is this is fantastic. This is all fake. This is all... It's not even real. We can just assert our, our rights as men and women. And the government can't touch us. And you know what? That might actually be true. There might be some truth to that. There probably is some truth to that. But the problem is... As we've seen, the rest of society doesn't think so. They don't believe that. There's 40 million people in this country, and probably 35 to 39 million believe that the country and the system is all legitimate. And this is a democracy. So that majority, they tell the courts what to do. They tell the, well, supposedly, tell the courts what to do. They, they, they have police with the guns, and they have the jails. And if you decide that you don't want to play in that sandbox anymore, or you don't want to be part of that society anymore, 
well, then you go to jail. And it's kind of like 39 to 1. I mean, what, what do you do with that? And that's not to say that that might not change in the future, but at this point, I think the, the, the plausible outcome of trying to handle situations that are happening now in that manner is not good. It's not a good outcome. Not a good outcome at all. But hope is not lost. You know, even if the system that we're in is like a, a fish tank that we don't even know we're in, we can still make changes right now to better our lives. We can. We can pursue truth and freedom and prosperity. And we can do it for real. We don't have to buy someone's ebook. We don't have to send somebody $5,000 for a writ of mandamus that's going to get you out of all of your charges. Thanks, but no thanks. Fake news. All we have to do is participate in the process. And I know there's lots of you out there saying, oh, the process is corrupt. Oh, the, it's selections, not elections. And you know what? All of those things that encourage people not to use their voices are exactly why we're in this situation. People not standing up and speaking out is exactly why we're in this situation. Democracy is the easiest form of government in which to enslave the citizens. Why is that? Because people are lazy. People don't participate. It takes 3.5% of a society to change the direction of that society. And the tyrants know this. The tyrants know that if they can control the 3.5% that's actually active and loud, bingo. They control everything because the rest of us don't do it. Anyhow, what else did I want to piss people off with? Common law arguments don't work. They don't, sorry. Still haven't had one shred of proof to show that it does. Matter of fact, uh, the only evidence I've had is people saying that that's how they've lived their whole life as they pull into the whistle stop, um, explaining that they live in their car because they can't get a house or a bank account or anything like that. It doesn't seem like a good outcome to me. There was something else. It was a real bombshell. I can't remember. Anyway, I think that's all I'm going to talk about for now because it's late and uh, I want to get to bed. But thanks for watching. Thanks for following all this stuff. Um, if you don't like it or you think that there's a better path to walk, then do it. Do it yourself. Stop shitting on me because I'm walking my own path. Uh, because at the end of the day, not one of you is going to step into my shoes if I can't fix things for myself. Not one of you is going to accept the consequences for the path that I'm on. So I do it myself. And I'll do it my way. And if you don't like it, tough titties. Night, everybody.